This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Jackson's there, Billy The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stiffer Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! And welcome to episode 131 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. I'd like to start with a poem that I shamelessly stole from the internet and hacked at to make an intro that no one will enjoy. Uh, but here we go. He's born, of un- un- he's born of questionable heritage. They say he never knew his dad. He's unscrupulous. He's wrong again. It makes me all quite mad. Of course we know he's colourblind, which is worse than it might seem. The only colour that he sees is the shirt of the other team. A further complication which is difficult to hide. Although he sees through both eyes, he can only see one side. He has trouble with his learning. He never knows the rules. And he thinks that we can't spot it because we're 15,000 fools. A very serious character flaw when the game is very tight. He doesn't get that booing means he hasn't got it right. If I was to perform like he at work, I'd surely get the sack. I am, of course, talking about the bastard in the black. There we go. So how are we doing, guys? Uh, (laughs) Let's uh, let's draw a line under that. These things never go great, do they? Uh, And I'm not bitter at all, am I? Uh, I think Preston fans might have been cursing something similar on Wednesday, maybe Stoke before that, but on with the show, eh? Uh, joining myself in the middle this week is a man who is used to copping stick. It's Simon Copland, uh, a gent still grinning after the final whistle of Town's 1-0 win over Barnsley. It's the K-maker, Andy K. And making his debut, showing a pathway from the comments section to the main screen. He's got a six-pack on Twitter, and now he's ready to open his own pack of whoop on the pod. It's Johnny Gillespie. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, all good. Good. Uh, Johnny, you're new to the pod, so welcome aboard. 
Um, I think it's always good to uh, to start, isn't it, with um, with a little bit about you. So tell us how you got into uh, supporting Huddersfield Town and a couple of your favourite moments. Will I just alter Andy's uh, Andy's screen there for a second? Go for it, mate. Yeah. So well, it was a it was a question. Do you like football? By my dad. Yep. And then that's where the questions ended because there was no question about who you were supporting. It's like right, we'll come down to Huddersfield then. So my my first game was Norwich. 1995-1996 season I think Andy Payton scored the winner for town um, I was more interested in my post and Pat book I'll admit at, at the time but yeah since then been hooked ever since um, f- favourite moments I mean I, I to track like the, you got the cliches obviously the the, the Cardiff the Wembleys um, I don't think anything will quite top um, quite top uh, Wembley obviously with um, the the Reading game Probably a bit of a niche moment for me. Um, my favourite moments were at, at, at penalties. My dad couldn't hack it. Goes into the toilets. Obviously, we win. Comes out. I'm about two seats down as he comes out the door. And he runs up and to the right. So, gone to football all these years, my dad. As we're about to win, we just got um, promoted. And he runs off in the direction. I don't see him for 10 minutes. So, it's kind of a bit of a, a novelty family moment. But, yeah, um, town through and through. And um, always will be. Good man. Uh, also online, if uh, you let us know if we've got any any sound issues, we haven't got Pozzer on this week. He's uh, apparently he's been well. Pozzer is is actually the tightest man alive, so he's actually gone out with his missus for a Valentine's meal tonight because it's a lot cheaper than going out on Valentine's night. So there we go. So that's that's Pozzer through and through. Apparently, it's a bit hissy, which I think is probably down to my audio actually, but. I'll sort that in a minute anyway. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everybody watching online as well. So um, thanks, Bez, for letting me know about the the hissing. Uh, promise there's no no snakes on this podcast. Uh, but I think what we need to do first is is go on to uh, and say thank you to our sponsor, which is Magic Rock Brewing. So uh, Magic Rock sponsor this, this fine podcast. And what finer place to go for your pre-match drinks than Magic Rock Brewing in Birkby or even Home Firth if you get the train across. Uh, if you want to buy some Magic Rock goodies online, you can use AHTTC10 uh, and you'll get 10% off at checkout, which is uh, fantastic. And Johnny there, our new model, is also modelling some town lager. So get yourself some of those. Uh, there you go. And also you can get these pint glasses as well. So there we go. Um, right then, guys. Huddersfield Town nil, Sheffield United nil. Let's let's jump into this one first while it's freshest in our minds. Uh, the Preston one was a bit of a damp squib, I thought. So we'll... We'll move on. And that's a damp squib, Andy, not squid, as a lot of people do commonly yeah. say. Uh, right, town nil, Sheffield United nil. Uh, what I found the most interesting about this game, I thought this was a really good tactical battle. Uh, what I really enjoyed was um, what Carlos tends to do is he tends to employ this system whereby uh, there's two different formations. There's an out-of-possession formation and there's an in-possession uh, formation. in possessions either your 3-4-3 or uh, a 4-3-3 slash 4-2-3-1, depending on who's in midfield. And then out of possession, we wrap round into a 5-4-1. Uh, what he's been doing recently um, prior to the Sheffield United games, it's usually Sorba Thomas who drops right off uh, to form uh, part of the back five as a right back. And then Turton, if he's playing right back, just comes inside slightly. Or if we're playing a back three, Matty Pearson does that inside job. But he actually changed it for this game. He, you know, He's noticed that Jonathan Hogg, uh, we have been... Went with regards to Hoggy, maybe we're a little bit hard on him sometimes, but that's because we love Hoggy and we know how good he's been for us over the years. But he's noticed Hoggy has been dropping deeper in games. You know, uh, you know, there's a few games where he's he's dropped way too deep, and that started at the start of the season. You know, against Sheffield United, he was very deep, and uh, but he's actually used that to great effect in this game. So he's used Hoggy 
uh, as a bit of a halfback, if you like, uh, or, you know, if you like in the back five, he's become sort of a libero, which is the old Andy will remember because he's old like me. The old Lothar Mateus kind of thing, you know, where they would sort of start at centre-back and they would dribble out into midfield. Um, so I th- I found that, being the nerd that I am, quite interesting and quite quite good to watch. And I thought that worked really, really well. And, and you know, Pippa, uh, who tucked in at right-back, you know, his his speed on the break really helped with Sorba Thomas. And we saw a lot of really good combinations down the right-hand side between Pippa and Sorba Thomas. And I just thought, in terms of tactics from the off, I thought Carlos got this really, really spot on. And we saw some really interesting additions as well. We saw Josh Ruffles coming from Harry, for Harry Toffolo. I don't think anyone saw that coming either. But for my money, Josh Ruffles performed like Harry Toffolo. It was like you'd you pretty much plugged something out and plugged something in, and it worked just as well. And that was that was really good. And that's no slight on Harry Toffolo. It's more credit to Josh Ruffles for coming in from the cold, making his championship debut, and really sort of switching in uh, particularly well. And John Russell as well, we'll talk about in a bit. And he came in, and you know he played in in central midfield. Um, I thought Town played really really well, and I think we're probably going to have to come on to Town's first half performance and. In particular, the disallowed goal. I know I've done that silly poem at the start, and but Andy, the disallowed goal was complete bullshit, wasn't it? You know, the, the corner comes over, Big John gets up, heads it, Danny Ward gets hauled down, you know, he falls in West Fodrenham's path, West Fodrenham falls over. If he doesn't get hauled down, Danny Ward, hands up, it's fine. Uh, but he gets hauled down, and for me, it's it's a completely ridiculous... I know people will say um, things even themselves out over the season. We had some decisions before this... <clears throat> I think that's the most untrue thing in the world. The previous eight seasons, Huddersfield Town have been shafted by referees of, on, on the scale of decisions. So, you know, I don't believe that for a second. But it's a shocker, isn't it, mate? It's awful. It's awful. But the fact that every pundit that you've, you've seen across the universe has agreed with that statement just, just says, I don't know what else there is to say. It's so blatantly a goal. It's just, it's just beyond me. But we, you know, if, if, that fool Holloway on Quest agrees that it should have been a goal, then for me, that's the most obvious refereeing error I've ever seen. I, I don't know who's made the call. Is it the linesman? Is it the ref? Because the ref's almost running off as, as Russell's headed off to the, the stands. It, it looks like he's turning away and he's, he's happy with a goal. So he, what was he looking at? He must have been, he must have been following the ball. They, I think they've followed the ball, they've seen, they've looked over, they've seen them in a, a heap on the floor and presumed that because the goalkeeper's not been able to get to the ball, there must have been a foul. Therefore, we will give a free kick. I it's think the linesman gave it. I think, I think you're right, Andy. I think the linesman gave it because you see the referee and he walks back to the centre circle, doesn't he? And then you see John Russell celebrating. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful in the world. And then it flashes back and he's turned around full circle. I think the... The words come from the linesman. And, you know, if Danny Ward doesn't get pulled, he's right. So they've obviously missed the pull on, on Danny Ward. Johnny, a frustrating moment. And then, you know, he talk us through that. And I thought it was a stonewall penalty on John Russell afterwards as well. John Russell's getting set for a repeat, isn't he? He jumps in the air. The guy, I can't remember who it was now, just grabs him by the arm, doesn't he? And then John Russell does his little pirouette, pirouette in midair. I, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated watching that. Talk, tell me how you felt. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Bogle. Um, don't quite think it's Bogle that grabs him. But yeah, I mean, I must admit, first thing I do when when Town score, I, I, I kind of have a bit of a cursory look at lines and could be caught out so many times celebrating. And like you say, I saw the ref turn and start to run back. So and having watched the play, you can't see any obvious reasons as to why. So I actually jumped on the Town Twitter to see, I couldn't sit sat next, but I couldn't work out why. And he said it was a, a, a foul by Danny Ward. Um, 
but I think you've, you, you've analysed it absolutely spot on. I don't think the, the ref can't be looking because if he if he's looking, you'll see the dive foul on Danny Ward. He's following the track of the board. The liner gives it for offside. As you said, that was a pen. I mean, how how kind of uh, non-blue and white glasses can you get there? But yeah, I must admit, in live play, I didn't really clock the the, the foul um, on Russell. I was probably still infuriated by the original decision, but watching that back and watching the highlights back again, absolutely clear as day. Penalty pulls him, drags him round. He's going for the ball, so sometimes if he's away from the ball, they don't always give it. So two two clear penalties there. And I know, like a few people might come and say, oh, we've had the look elsewhere, but it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't affect the quality of the referee, which is poor and it's frustrating. And it's, it's potentially three points that would have made a, could still make a huge difference. Simon, I don't think there's much more to add, is there, other than that? But just just tell us through the first half, you know, what what your, and, and tell you what, lead us into um, discussing Big John Russell as well. Big John, um, he uh, he made his uh, his debut, didn't he? A championship debut, I should say. Um, you know, we, you know, Paz said last week, and quite rightly, you know, not to get too carried away with John Russell. You know, he's a young lad. You know, he struggled to properly cement his place in the Akron and Stanley team last year in League One. Um, it's hard. You can see why people are getting carried away, though, can't you? Because you know, his 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 line passing to break the lines was absolutely outstanding. You know, as as a number six against Barnsley, and again, you know, we've seen him play maybe as an eight possibly today, you know, uh, sort of a hybrid, if you like. He was the deeper one when Hogg dropped back in. Um, we were slightly worried about his lack of lack of pace, but he he reminds me a lot of, um, it's like a hybrid between, uh, do you remember, I don't know if you remember Darren Prattley, who used to play um, about 10, 15 years ago. He was a really tall, rangy midfielder, probably a bit more mobile, Darren pa- Prattley. But he's all, there's also shades of, don't laugh, but there's also shades of Marouane Fellaini in him as well, showing that he's a really good, aerial target and he uses his elbows and knees and width to, to really great effect and that he's so difficult to get the ball off him and he's come into enormous credit i do worry a little bit that Huddersfield fans are maybe building him up a bit too much you know i think he's probably winning the player of the season award so far you know if you if you do account but it's it's really good to see and it really vindicates the chance and the policy that Huddersfield did at the start of the season to take you know released players and place them in the b team and give them a little you know spit shine tlc and it's really paying off, isn't it, Si? Yeah, it looks a really uh, astute signing at this moment in time. Um, I think what I quite like about him is his, his athleticism. Um, he's kind of a big, strong presence, something very different to what other options we've got in midfield. Um, to your point, it looks like he can play a, a number of different roles, whether that be kind of as a, a deep-lying defensive midfielder, a little bit similar to how he did in the Cup game, and confident at this level, I think. In the cup game for me, it was a little bit sloppy in possession at times. I think kind of against better teams, you'll need to kind of hold on to the ball much more. Um, but it's quite harsh to be kind of critical at this stage, so kind of early on to his career. Um, you also drawn some comparisons there. I think kind of I've seen comparisons drawn with Phil Billing as well. I think that's probably a little bit around his kind of height and physicality. And not really similar for me. Mind. Um, but, yeah. um, but no, a really good option to have. Um, and one I think we'll probably see quite a lot between now and the end of the season. Uh, so we'll go into the second half as well. You know, I think aside from the disallowed goal, Town didn't really create many clear-cut chances, did they, from from memory in that game. Um, for me, the second half, t- uh, you know, Huddersfield continue. I thought Sheffield United, you know, we, the, the stats are, you know, for Sheffield United, they've scored a lot of second-half goals and, you know, a lot of late second-half goals of Sheffield United. So the, the longer it went on nil-nil, the more... I was slightly worried about how this might play out. But Huddersfield, again, 
were, were excellent for my money in the second half. Tactically very good. Uh, Pippa this time into the box gets taken out by two men. And again, shithouse James Linnington gives nothing. And, you know, James Linnington, you know, it's really bad when a referee, when I know a referee's name, but I, I know full well James Linnington and Jeremy Simpson. These are two names which, if I hear these, the red flags go up. And the reason James Linnington's name is is synonymous with me is he's travelling all the way down to Reading and him sending Rajiv Van Lepara off after 20 minutes for getting fouled um, in the promotion season, in the 16-17 promotion season. I've never forgiven him for that. I should really let things go, shouldn't I, Andy? I should go see a counsellor maybe and <laughs> learn, how to let, learn how to let some of these things go. But he, for, he for me, is a really poor referee. Um that, again, is a stonewall penalty. You can see he's got a really good position. There's no excuse, again. And we'll talk about decisions that have gone our way in previous games when we come around to the Preston game. And I'm very aware that, you know, things have gone our way in previous games. Uh, but in isolation in this game, it's just another terrible decision from a referee. Pippa, you can see the contact. You can see Pippa's ankle get wiped out by, by one, by two players. And it's just the most... If that's not a penalty, I genuinely don't know what is. It's It's just... It's frustrating because four points from Preston and Sheffield United would have been an outstanding week for us. And we sat here on two going to Fulham thinking we might need to get something there to you know, keep up this top six push. And it's frustrating, isn't it, Andy? Uh, that, that's the end of it you know, for me. That, you know, it's very frustrating. There's three decisions. Apart from those three decisions, the referee, um, there was a Sauber one where Sauber got absolutely bundled at the start of the second half, which was another blatant foul that he didn't give. But apart from those... He was fine, but it's it, the thing is with referees, you, you need to get the big decisions correct, you know, especially when the cameras are on you and, you know, Joby McEnough's going to dive into you after the game. Joby McEnough's great, by the way, on, on Sky. And, you know, it, it's really, you know, it's it, I'm just frustrated. I'm still frustrated the day after. Um, it, it's a penalty, isn't it, Andy? Well, I think so. And we, we were down, obviously down the other end of the ground of the cow shed and we, and we were almost in a direct line to it. And both me and my lads... You know, so that, that's a penalty and, and subsequent expletives that I'm not going to repeat on here um, sort of came from my mouth, certainly not my son's, but um, questioned the referee's heritage and parentage and all that type of stuff. Um, <laughs> I just wonder whether Peeper's a victim of his own. He's got he's got pulled up for diving before, hasn't he? There was a, there was one where he, he nutmegged somebody down at the cow shed and, uh, and then dived. So I'm just wondering whether he's, he's got a little bit of a, a reputation. You know, referees talk to each other, watch out for that lad there, he'll do this, that and the other. But yeah, th- three pretty clear penalties for me. But, we did know. a, um, ages ago, Andy, we did a podcast with uh, Bobby Madley, you know, when he was over, when he was on a mm. holiday over from, from Norway. And, and the, um, yeah. the amount of work that goes into refereeing is phenomenal. Do you know, you know, when he went through it, you know, he used to say, I, I analyse everything that, the opposition do you know he watches how they pass you know what moves they're going to make everything that every player does so he knows what to do do you know when the game's flowing do you know so he knows whether to play on or whether you know to give a foul in certain circumstances so they try their best to understand how every team plays so you're very right it could be that pepper is deemed to be light on his feet which i can't really remember him diving much but i do have blue and white glasses you know so you know <laughs> there is there is that um but yeah you, you, i think you're right there there could potentially be you know a, a reputation that that follows him around, but for me that was that was more of a penalty than the the John Russell one. But um, the man of the I match, think, I think that's I think you. Go on, Johnny. So I was, going, I was just going to say I think that out of all three is the worst one because the ball's at his feet, and I'd say it's it's what I call an easy penalty to give because there's a clear it's a clear foul. You can you can see it. We I sit in what for in the old money, the Lawrence Batley, 
and he, that's still quite a distance away from you can see you can see the foul and for me I'd find that the most frustrating one because that's where his eyes should be that should be his focus there's two men and he goes down and I, I see what Andy's saying there is a little bit of a, a Spanish flail let's call it but it, it's still it, it's still I can't understand what his viewpoint is and what really infuriates me he does the he does the ref kind of the get up and it, yeah but you'd love to ask these questions referees but we can't that's, that's the thing they can only give what they see can't they and only on, on what they think and I'll never sort of fully dive in if the referee is 100% convinced of a decision then you know fair enough but he's got three big ones wrong here which which of course Huddersfield Town to not win a game I think they deserve to win on, on the balance I know I know potentially we maybe didn't create an awful lot. You know, we've, I think we've had three shots on target, haven't we, in the game? So maybe we haven't created, you know, people will say maybe we haven't created enough anyway. But Sheffield United are a very good side. They've won seven out of nine coming into this. And what I was really pleased with was how we made them look quite ordinary despite this run coming in. And I, I think the, the team and Carlos deserved enormous credit for the way that they set the, set the team up. The way that they played, you know, the role of Hogg was was really important. I thought Hogg was outstanding in this game. Um, but the man of the match for me, and Sky agreed, but and I've looked at the fans' ratings at the examiner, and I'm absolutely perplexed how he's only got a six point eight. For me, Sauber Thomas was outstanding and and it, it's really the and I think I'm giving Carlos credit for this because it's the system with Jonathan Hogg dropping into that five, which has then meant that Sauber Thomas hasn't had to wrap around into right back and he's maintained a higher position in the pitch. And what Town have done through either Russell or Lewis O'Brien, Lewis O'Brien was excellent as always. I think Lewis O'Brien, for me, is head and shoulders our best player and player of the year this year. But he sets a bar so high that everybody just goes, yeah, he was all right, six out of ten when he's, you know, when he's been, <laughs> when he's been really good. Um, but, you know, Sauber Thomas being higher, really, you know, he, he was really, you know, he could isolate one-on-one. He was skinning people down the side. He, he played a couple of excellent... Uh, diagonal balls through for Pippa as well. I thought he was tremendous, Sauber Thomas. I thought he was fully deserving the man of the match. I know John Russell was excellent. He got it in the ground, didn't he? He did really well, for, especially in the first hour. Um, Sauber, Tom Lees, Lee, a lot of fans giving it Lee Nichols, but apart from the, the one amazing save we'll talk about in a minute, um, you know, I thought Sauber for 90 minutes was outstanding. Anyone want to back up my Sauber cleanse? I'm going to have to change this to Josh Caroma. I'm, I'm sorry, Josh, but you didn't play particularly great at the weekend. We won't go too much into detail, but this is close to being a Sauber Thomas contra rather than a Josh Caroma one at the minute. But guys, tell me, Sauber, you know, amazing season and, and his passing accuracy. What what I think reflects this is Sauber Thomas's passing accuracy is usually pretty crap. I'll be honest. It's, it's usually around the 50% mark. And that's because he's trying to constantly do things and pull strings and play passes that maybe won't always be successful. And I think he's got license to do that. But his passing accuracy was 85% on Saturday. And that is the best he's had for a, for a long way. And it shows how good he was and how accurate he was. And someone take over because I'm just, I'm, I'm setting up my own Sauber Thomas fan club here. So someone, someone come not, and join I'm me. Not, someone sign, not, someone sign, that, come and join me. Go on, Andy. Uh, you know that I love the guy. Is he, sponsored the by, is he sponsored by sponsored AKLD? By That's it, yeah. Let's get that out of there. Um, I think he could have been better. There were a couple of things that, I, I mean, the, the guy walks on water for me. He's absolutely amazing. Love him to bits. And he did play really well. But there are a couple of things I think he could have done differently. But, the, but I think he's been given the instruction to get the ball into the um, the penalty area with these, these, these crosses flat, low crosses almost every single time. And there were a couple of times, particularly second half, 
where I just wanted him just to just go for it. Get in the penalty area yourself and see what happens instead of going bang and getting the early ball in. So, I mean, it's, it's, it swings around about, isn't it? So, you know, he's trying to get it into Danny Ward and I understand why. Just wish sometimes he'd just go, ah, I'm good enough to take this on on my own and, and really commit their defenders, maybe draw some towards him so Danny Ward's got a bit more space. And I think he needs to, he needs to, whether this will affect his speed or not, the, I don't, I can't remember who was marking him, whether it was Robinson, the the, 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 the fullback. Sometimes when the ball was going up in the air, and I know this isn't his forte, that's not what he's there for, he was almost picking Sauber up and moving him to one side and then going and clearing the ball. I think he needs to be a bit more physical and a bit more arms and, and just maybe bulk up a little bit because he was... It was so easy to get out of the way. And as a fullback, you love it when you can just give somebody a little bit of a... And they're not there anymore. So, yeah, brilliant. I thought Russell was man of the match. I was amazed when I heard that um, Sober had got it off, off Sky, as well as he played, absolutely. But I thought Russell was the, was the man of the match. And there's, I don't know whether it's just me wanting a bit more from mine and my son's favourite player by an absolute mile. Um, I just think he set such a good standard... I think he needs to add a little bit more now. Um, maybe I'm being a bit harsh and a bit... Demanding. No, I see, I see that. I know what you mean, because there were like three or four occasions where he got down the right and he put the same ball over, didn't he? So I know what you mean. There yeah. were, you know, and Johnny's nodding, he can take over here. But there were a couple of occasions where maybe you're right, he had beaten the man and maybe he could have drawn another one before you know playing to the edge. But, I th- you know, this season is a, is a learning season. You know, it's his first full season in championship football. Yeah. So, I'm, I, you know, I, I, we'll all forgive him for, for that, for sure. But I, I thought it was great. But Johnny, you know, let's have another voice... Uh, on this and and let us know. No, well, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think I find myself when you see him when he matches up against the fullback, I find myself saying beat him because he can. Um, I don't know whether that will just come with a bit of experience. Like I say, is is he is he a victim of his the high standard that he's he's set? Similar to like you said to with, with Lewis or Brian. Um, but I think often than not, he, he strikes a fear of God into 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 players. I know when. The preview of the Sheffield United person next, but who you most worry about, Sorba Thomas. And I think because he, maybe it's a tactic, maybe like I say, it's instruction to get that ball early ball in, which we've seen work. We've seen war capitalise on that. Um, I think sometimes you just you just needs to not necessarily play with it more freedom, but just recognise actually the better the better options for him to beat the man, maybe get a bit close to the byline, or maybe kind of do what he did at Blackpool and do something really special and, and, and capitalise himself. But like you say, he's he's a, he's a real talent. Um, I think you're right in what you say about Hog sitting, takes that pressure off um, and gives them a bit more freedom. Um, but again, I, I thought he played really well. Um, and like you say, I, I, I can I can see why he was, he was given the man a match. But I know he's, he, we were all going to come on to that. I, I, I again, it's it's the it's the it's the debut kind of the debut start. But Robert Russell was, was exceptional. He, he he was my man of the match on the day. Go on, Sai, who are you giving it to? Just just to see if it's three on one or it's two. two. One. I mean, I, I think... Back me up, back me up, Sai. <laughs> I think there's some arguments for, for, for someone like Josh Ruffles. I think obviously that's because, um, to your point before, Mike, he's not played at this level previously. For, for us town fans, at least, there's probably a little bit of um, trepidation there, apprehension, kind of seeing him come into the team, not showing how he'd fare at that level, and he did really well. I think, obviously, you've kind of... Kind of um, highlighted Hoggy having a really good game actually and kind of being back to kind of or, or a game that really suited his kind of attributes Russell that kind of Andy spoke about and Sauber um, well, uh, I'm probably going to go for Russell but kind of um, not by much 
Um, the one thing I would say, Martin, kind of maybe this will be a nice follow-on, is you mentioned before that, that Lewis O'Brien was your player of the season to date, and um, difficult to argue with that, but I do think Lee Nichols, for me, has, has kind of been um, one of, if not the best, kind of goalkeepers in the Championship so far this season. The consistency week in, week out, he's not made an error. From, well, let's talk about that save. This season. Let's talk about that save. Seems I've Phil seen this actors off this week. The... Um... <laughs> Me and you have both played goalkeeper at a dodgy level, haven't we? Um, but I think what what's what Very you kind of do, yeah, what you kind of do as well is when you make a save. A lot of goalkeepers, I used to try and do it, although I had really short legs. And you know, you, I'm sure you, I remember. You, I think you did it as well. Um, when you make a save and you know it's spilt, you swing your legs automatically, don't you? As a, as a kind of sweeping mechanism. And I thought that's what he did. Re- the, the save is phenomenal because. I sat here a couple of weeks ago and went, yeah, Lily Nichols is having a great season, but he's not really made any saves where you go, wow, that was that was amazing. Because his positioning is so good. You know, it's almost like Ian Bennett that we had, you know, a long time ago. His positioning is so good. He knows where the ball's going before the striker does. You know, it's it's a real skill for a goalkeeper to have. And up to the Swansea game, I was like, well, he hasn't made any saves that I probably wouldn't expect him not to make. But that Sheffield United one was was an outstanding one whereby you go, do you know what? I thought that was in. Everyone thought it was in. The touch is brilliant and the technique to swing it away as well is intentional. It is, it's honestly, it's outstanding that he made a save against Swansea as well, which I thought was, was phenomenal as well. Um, but you know, I just think for me, Matt, it's so much more than that. I think kind of the way the, the save in itself is, is superb, kind of put to your point, the best save he's made this season. But I think again, it's the calmness, isn't it, as well? But week, week in, week out, kind of the consistency there, the positioning. He's not spilled anything. I think the defence have got so much confidence in him, his game management, and maybe it's maybe it's a reflection of of kind of shit housing. Don't forget that shit housing as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a stark contrast to last season when there was kind of three different goalkeepers, none of whom kind of um, inspired any confidence whatsoever, and kind of whatever prone. This year, very much chalk and cheese, but but player of the season, hands down for me so far. Yeah, I hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that save was Lossell at Chelsea-esque for me. little yeah, fingertip good. onto the post, gets away. Um, but the thing for me, it was horrible conditions for a goalkeeper. I've never played in goal um, ever. Not tall enough, Andy. Like, now I've seen you, I know why. Exactly. You're not tall enough. <laughs> you realise I'm actually complete short hours. Yeah. Um, and the, the, he's, he's handling when the ball was coming in, and the, the wind swirling around, the rain's all over the place. Number of times he just come and claimed it, and then done something good with it. A couple that, of times yeah. he, he he got rid of it, and it, and it went into touch a couple of times. But other than that, he's um, like Spider Man, isn't no. he? He's, he's just he's, honestly, you know, you know, he, I'm going to start. I used to I start calling him the Big Easy because he just he's big. He's a big guy, and he just makes everything look really easy, doesn't he? He comes out and gets things, yeah. which you know, so like Danny Ward was an, was a really good goalkeeper for us, but. Lee Nichols comes and gets things that Danny Ward would have struggled with. Not maybe not now, but you know, 2016, 17, you know, and it just makes everything look so easy. I, I do. Yeah. I do think that, and I'm trying to word this in a way, which is probably not too unkind on everyone involved, but I think Ryan Schofield struggled so much at the end of last season. He set the bar and the expectation level for goalkeepers so low that, you know, Lee Nichols has, has sort of catapulted over that now. And I think a lot of the, the reaction that he gets is is due to how low the bar was. Whereas what I mentioned before about Lewis O'Brien was he set this bar up here and he's meeting that. Um, so he doesn't get as much uh, noise, if you like. Whereas Lee Nichols, because the bar was was down here and he's up here, I think he deservedly gets 
a lot of praise, but I think part of it is because of the previous incumbents, shall we say, uh, in many ways. But he has been outstanding. Andy, you're right. It's the, the things that things stick in his gloves, which is just... Yeah. Like when the the cross a cross came in, I think we were uh, who were, who did Barnsley, you know, there was another corner came through, you know, sort of in the last five minutes, and he just came out, you know, like he was taking his dog for a walk and caught it. And if a, a goalkeeper does that in the last minute, it just takes so much pressure off the fans, off the defence, off everybody, and it's it's a real sort of skill just to make that look so easy. And you know, Lee Nichols for me is he's hundred percent in the top three players of the year, maybe top two. Um, and he is he has been outstanding. I think he does deserve a lot of this um uh, a lot of this credit that's coming his way. Um and Johnny, you've not said much on it, but you know, it, it's just it is a pleasure, isn't it, just to have someone whereby if the ball comes in the box, you're not sort of hiding behind your seat, going, Oh sh- what's gonna happen here? You just you just sort of like you just say, Yeah, whatever, Nichols is gonna grab this. It's you know, whatever. You're you're absolutely right. And I think going back to the point you made earlier that he's he, he might not have made any kind of world he saves. In a way, it's kind of a compliment. The fact he, mm. he, he it is, yeah. Any I was trying to paint it, it as that the other week, <laughs> and yeah. everyone was like, "Matt, you're wrong. He makes amazing saves." I'm like, "Oh god," <laughs> but but yeah, it's his position, no, isn't and it? It's like you say, it, it's, it, it is his position, and there's a there's a chance in the first half. I can't remember. It comes from um, you're back to the couch, and it comes from left hand side in the first half. He he's arching, but he, he grabs it and he holds it, um, and it doesn't. It, it, it looks subtle. It looks easy, but. Um, it, it's it's his quality that, that makes that and like you say coming back coming up for crosses early claiming them his defense knowing that's going to happen and then having the confidence that's going to happen um it it, it it removes all situations of having to make um reaction saves or having to kind of come and scramble because it, it, the ball's already been balled out to sober 20 yards at the pitch so that's the quality that that he's got um and it's made a huge huge difference and like you said he, he, he couldn't get the MK Don bench last season for, for reasons unbeknownst to us. Something might have gone on Contract. there as well. But Contract. when he came in, uh, yeah, I know when he came in, I know he, he, there weren't people kind of um, doing a dance around the streets, but it just shows that the right players at the right time, at a right club with the right kind of um, atmosphere that we've got now, really can excel. Um, and, and he loves it. He loves it. I say go on to better things, but I don't mean that. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's fine where he is, now, yeah. But um, he does, and like you say, yeah. But he's he's become a bit of a cult hero, like the bookings and the, do you know what I mean? The, 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 There's people um, sticking on every week, fourteen to one, isn't it? Yeah. Fourteen to one booking every week, Lee Nichols. Yeah, get on but, it, um, yeah. brilliant. He, he encapsulates a lot of um, what's what's right at the club at the moment. And he, off the field he cares. He absolutely cares. He loves it, and he and he he's, he's forever turning to Cowshed until I get you know until yeah. I get a bit of atmosphere when he when he comes on and gets people going. There was a bit towards the end that. that I'm not that great of memory of what went on, but I think it was when they had that that scramble and Danny Ward blocked it twice. Danny Ward was outstanding there, yeah. and he was he was just like yeah. like that at the end. And I thought, I love that. I love that that, that he he's he's representing my yeah. club with a passion and an energy that maybe we've not seen for the last five or six seasons. Well, maybe yeah. maybe two or three seasons. Uh, and that makes such a difference. You'd forgive him almost letting him one go through his legs in last minute to lose a game. But, but probably won't forgive him, but you know what I mean? Because he's got that he's got that relationship, I feel, that, you know, it, it, it takes some doing. Um, um, yeah, and all and, and Schofield's had a, a, a horrible 12 to 18 months. I just hope that that gets better, gets fit, and we can get him out somewhere where he can, he can build his confidence and learn his craft again. Because ultimately, that's what you want. For me, Huddersfield born and bred, 
playing yeah. for Huddersfield Town. So I would want him to be our long-term number one goalkeeper. Whether that will happen because of things that have happened so far, I'm, I don't know. But, but ideally, that's what I'd want because there's a goalkeeper in there. He's just lacking confidence. Right, guys, you ready for something negative? It's all been, it's all yeah. been sunshine and low. I almost said sunshine and lollipops. Then it's all been sunshine, roses, etc., rainbows. But as much as I thought Carlos set us up wonderfully, and I really like the tactics deployed, I thought he made a mess of the subs. I'll be honest. I thought he made a, a and he took Ruffles off. Uh, understand why Ruffles might have gone off? You know, lack of game time, and he brought Sinani on, which is a forward-thinking move, isn't it? But he put Lewis O'Brien at left back and it, he's done that quite a lot. It's not a new move. Lewis O'Brien's played that role quite a lot. And he does it often when we go 4-4-2. Do you know, when we're chasing the game, Lewis O'Brien will go overlapping from the left-hand side. But it was a real, I thought that was a really, the re- a wrong move to make. And, you know, his, um, Sinani, Sinani was fine. You know, he was okay. But it just sort of exposed that side. Ruffles was having a really good game. And what Ruffles was really good at was blocking crosses, you know. It's it's a real sort of bugbear of a lot of people that fullbacks don't block crosses, you know, in this day and age. But Ruffles was was really decent defensively, um, and Sheffield United visibly got in down that right hand side quite a few times because Lewis was trying to push too far forward, and it really disturbed the balance. And I don't think the balance needed to be disturbed because we were on top in that game. And I know Carlos is looking for the winner. Uh, credit to him for chasing the three points, you know, and not just settling. Um, but that first sub didn't work. It was. I don't think Lewis O'Brien does work at left back a lot, you know, in, in these teams, especially when he's running the midfield, you know, taking him out of midfield to go left back. It just, I just didn't like that when he did it. And it just really sort of alters. The Dwayne Holmes sub was great. It was fine. Josh Caroma wasn't playing well. Josh Caroma needed to come off. You know, it wasn't his day. There was one particular incident, which I think everybody was heading hands with when he cut into the center and he had two men free and he tried to sh- take an extra man on and shoot. And it was an absolute mess but we still love Josh Caroma obviously don't we but um you know the the last the last sub you know he, he needed to bring he wanted to bring Rhodes on as a forward but he needed then to take Danny Ward or take someone off to redress the balance on the left left hand side so he brought Toffolo on so really it was for me it was like two subs wasted and two rolls of the dice I know I've given Carlos a lot of credit lately do you know for subs that he's made I think they've been really good but this one I just thought the first one was I'm not going to go too hard on him because he's done a lot of great stuff really well lately. And, you know, the subs against Derby, for example, were, were good, you know, and he's, he's really improved in that, you know, his in-game management's really improved over the last sort of six months. But I just thought that one was, was a miscalculation and that kind of swung the momentum a bit the other way to, to bring Sheffield United into the game. And, um, you know, maybe it's not something Carlos will repeat. I don't really know where I'm going to go with that. I just thought it was a bad move. I don't know if anyone agrees with that. Go, Johnny. You're sort of looking. No, I, th- I think. I think it. I think it was, and I must admit, it, it. I was really confused by it, and I think immediately after Lewis got, Lewis O'Brien took up that kind of left back role, they got in a few times down that right hand side, and that's nothing against Lewis O'Brien, but it just took me right back to last season where he did have to operate as a left back, and he he probably admit himself he didn't have his best performances in a township. He probably had some of the worst performances in township because he's not a left back, and you can try and. I guess he, I, I don't, I've not watched the post-match, so I don't know if anyone asked him about it specifically about that. But I, I guess the reason why he wants to do that is to kind of create a bit more, of a, a, more attackers on the field. In possession, Lewis O'Brien can push up and operate down the left-hand side, like you said, but out of possession, it didn't work. And then like you've alluded to there, it, it cost us a substitute. And like I say, Rhodes was strict, was ready to come on. 
maybe we're going to keep both strikers on, which I think would have worked well. Um, and we, we could have done that given how Sheffield were, were, were lined up. And yeah, it, 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 then two, one, two, two didn't work really. The other one's there to kind of try and repair the damage that had been done to get Lewis out left back and bring a recognised left back on. And you don't know, but I, I agree with you that had you been able to get Rawls on the pitch and keep um, Ruffles on, who I thought had an excellent game and didn't seem to be blowing or didn't seem to have an injury, um, things might have been different. Um, yeah, I think if you, 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 you've got to give them credit for, for previous decisions and obviously the starting lineup. But in that, looking at the isolating, I did think that cost and it could have cost us more, more dearly of some of those chances or crosses being better that got past Lewis down that right, down their right hand side, down our left hand side. Anyone else want to jump in, Simon? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, I can I can see that the the logic there is it's kind of you wanted to introduce an attacking option in Sanani. Who did he withdraw? Not Sorbe is playing well. Dwayne Holmes has just come onto the pitch. Danny Warty figurehead. You then look to the three in midfield, and we've got Johnny Hogg doing a very specific role. Russell having a really good game, and O'Brien's been so good this season that that you want to keep him on the pitch. So you you kind of want to impact the game through your substitutions, and you kind of then default to kind of the, the kind of the easier option, where actually taking off Russell, taking off O'Brien arguably with a braver move and would have been more in keeping with what he was trying to achieve and um but but yeah, I don't think the fans would have reacted particularly well to that either at the same time. So I, I can see kind of the, the thinking behind it, but um yeah it kind of did it it did expose us like you say and kind of thankfully no damage done really. Yeah we ended up in like a three five two shape in the end and with Russell and Sauber Thomas up front and I could see he was trying to get Sauber up front to be you know on the counter and try and get Sauber sort of isolated, you know, one on one against them, which is fine. And and John Russell ended up there because of his height and his, his threat in the air. So I understand, understood why he would do that. Um, <clears throat> not bringing Ro- uh, Rhodes for Ward would have been, you know, the likely sub. And, and you know, we've seen how Jordan does as a so- as a solo striker. But you throw him up with John Russell, and you never know what happens. Maybe that's something to look at going forward. You know, John Russell winning the first, and Jordan Rhodes, you know, sniffing around, and maybe that's something Carlos has got in his locker for later on. Um, but yeah, for me overall, good performance from us. Didn't quite get what we deserved on the day. You know, four points from those two games would have been absolutely phenomenal, really, and really set us up going forward. So, am I disappointed? No. Am I really pleased with the performances from from Huddersfield Town? Yes. Um, but you just, there's just that nagging thing which sort of says, you know what, we should have been four points this week. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Andy. Maybe we should, but I think one of the things that I, I did a little bit of one of my one of my real good mates is a 
is a blade. And we'd obviously been having the usual banter via WhatsApp before the game. I looked on the uh, like the Twitter blades um, hashtag after the after the game. Um, not everybody, but a lot of that was well. That's a good point earned away at a club that's fifth that's in the playoffs. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. And I did a, a bit a bit of, done a bit of research. Their, their squad's worth 85 million quid, and ours is worth 34 according to that transfer market thing. You know, they they come down from the Premier League. They've, they've struggled, and the, the side like that, a setup like that, a club like that is saying that's a good point gained away at Huddersfield Town. Roll back 12 months, roll back two years, mm. we'd have absolutely snapped anybody's hands off for clubs like Sheffield United to be saying that about coming to Huddersfield Town. It's a real captain so offer, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's incredible that we are where we are. The thing that, and I, I, I sort of, I forgive Carlos for trying something with his subs. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't think he's got it right, but at least he's tried something. One of my complaints about him previously was that he didn't try anything. He, he just stuck to his game plan and that was it. So he's trying stuff, which is great. Yeah. For me, it's about now. We are safe. We are completely safe. We're in the last nine of the FA Cup, not the last 16, the last nine, because we're the last tied to be played. So we're in the last nine of the <laughs> FA Cup. Come on, let's have a go. In cricket parlance, let's set some attacking fields. Let's get some quick bowlers on. Let's get three slips and a go. Let's just give it a go. And that was the thing that was frustrating me a little bit on Saturday, that we didn't, I don't know whether we fully believed or fully felt like we got something that we could hit them with. We've got an absolutely brilliant opportunity to get this club back up into the Premier League. Uh, we, we could, but if we continue to perform like we have been doing over the last couple of games, I just see us sadly falling away. Let's take some risks. Let's try something. Let's go to Fulham. Well, we always get battered 5 0 at Fulham, so you can write that one off. That's happening anyway, no matter what we do. But in some of the upcoming home we games, I think we've got to be brave. And just go right. We're just going to give it everything we've got. We're going to attack, attack, attack because we need what another, maybe another twenty-five points from the. What have we got? How many games have we got? Fourteen games left. Something like that. I think 16, it's about average seventy-five points to get in the playoffs. Yeah, let's give it a go. I I, I know what you're saying. I thought Carlos uh, did try and win that game. You know, I thought he, you know, his his alterations were definitely one for attempting. I've seen some people say, you know, online. Uh, that's that's not a bad point, but I really wish Carlos would have would have tried to win the game, and I I didn't see it like that at all. I thought he everything he did was in you know in in context was was to try and win that game. Uh, we, <clears throat> obviously, they may have been a little bit behind it, you know, not lose the game. He's not taking a centre back off and throwing them up front, or you know, like Wagner put Heffley up front, yeah. you know, sort of stuff like that. He's not doing stuff like that. But I thought everything he did was to try and win that game, um, and you know, we'll we'll move on. I think we should move on to we have ignored our live youtube panel for a little bit here so sorry everybody online let's read out some comments shall we and, and see where see where people uh think so uh let's have a look so i've got a former glory football shirts account here which says uh evening fellas derby fan in peace supporting my mate john i presume that means you johnny so there you go you've got uh supporters there uh terrier 7n2 says a great point versus sheffield united and clean sheet however the subs at the end baffle me you have Rhodes on the bench and yet he puts sober up there seems he tried to hold on rather than go for a win uh Dean Smith says, playing against 12 men is always bloody tough. Apparently, the fourth official gave the decision and not the ref linesman, which would be really strange. Uh, Oliver Bell says, linesman goes to his ear, almost holding his mic, etc. But if the linesman sees the goalkeeper falling over, how does he miss Danny Ward being pulled over? Saw this from the upper tier of Lawrence Batley. Um, 
And again, ref almost looks like he's uh, heading back to the centre circle before linesman speaks to him over the radio. Johnny Goggs uh, says so, say something about the character of this side that we kept Billy Sharp quiet for the first time in ages. Final ball missing, but very encouraging performance. I feel like I need to admit something. Uh, so I'm in the uh, Championship Fantasy League, the Gaffer Fantasy Championship League, and I'm something like seventh at the minute, and I made a tactical substitution. I took out Adebayo from Fulham and put in Billy Sharp and made him captain this week because I just thought Billy Sharp always scores against Huddersfield Town. So, you know, it serves me right, doesn't it, for being so negative. Uh, let's let's go back. Uh, Bez5678 says, very enjoyable game. Ruffles and Russell slotted in very well. Ref was garbage. Uh, Richard Hookey says, yeah, was linesman. Referee was walking away until Sheffield players started moaning. Otherwise, great team effort. Russell and Ruffles, outstanding players on the day. Uh, Terry 72, Russell's reminds me of Billing, but with hunger and desire and better passing. Oh, I don't know about that. I thought Billing was a really good passer of a football. Uh, Bez 5678, agree on not building him up too much. It's obvious lack of pace is probably the reason he was released by Chelsea. Uh, Johnny Goggs again, Russell was excellent, to be fair. Great passing range and man of the match. Still seeing some fans who can't resist using Russell's performance to bash Scott High. Gets on my nerves, no end. Enjoy him for his own sake. And the same goes for Lee Nichols. A lot of people use that to bash Ryan Schofield. You know, and the, you know, the two lads have been nowhere near the field. So, uh, agree fully just just enjoy the players playing there's no need to then use that as a negative to slate somebody it's it's really sort of strange behavior to me as well uh e2s2 rothery says hey best Huddersfield town uh ref for the season up the town uh john russell is a beast so but is great as well uh dean smith carlos needs enormous credit for his tactics for this game wasn't scared to drop players and also change things when needed folks still slating him all, all over social media though not 100 sure why uh, and then e ETS2 Rothery, hereby known as Rothery, I think. Uh, if we had a full Spanish team, would we win the league and we have a Spanish manager? <laughs> okay. Uh, Terrier72, uh, Dean, it's the negativity. Imagine Sheffield United taking off Sharp and putting a defender on, taking Ward off and leaving Rhodes on the bench. So there's a little bit of uh, conversation going on. Uh, Richard Oakes, Sob was good, but fans expect miracles. Personally, the only thing that let Karoma down was his decision-making in the final third. Yeah, that was the thing that really stood out for Josh Caron, wasn't it? Is that, you know, he his effort was there, his tracking back was there. It's just when he cuts in from that left-hand side, he always looks to shoot, doesn't he? And he needs to really learn to go on the outside or or lift his head a bit more. And, you know, he did that last season. He was phenomenal, Josh Caron. So hopefully hopefully it's not too long before we uh, we see that back. Uh, coming towards the end now, uh, Max says, Tom Lee's excellent again. You know what? Tom Lee's, for me, is in my top three uh, players of the year. And, this is what I mean by bar setting and things like this. Tom Lees has just been so reliable that I don't think anybody's noticing it anymore or not as many people are noticing how good he is anymore because you just expect it. It's like Louis O'Brien. You just expect it because they, every week there are seven out of 10 and, you know, Tom Lees for me has been, you know, one of the signings of the season for, you know, he's, he's up there, you know, as one of the signings with, with Lee Nichols, you know, he has been superb and Matt Pearson's done well, but Matt Pearson kind of flags up and down within games. Uh, but for me, Tom Lee's and his, you know, his communication and, you know, it, you know, you've got Lee Nichols there, you know, his communication's excellent. Lee Nichols, uh, Tom Lee's is excellent. You know, Matt Pearson talks a good game. You've got a defense there, which is really in tune with each other. And, you know, again, we've said it many times, but really great signings. Uh, okay. So he also says summer signings being great, especially considering value for money. I team not even used yesterday and we've still got Colwell and Andrew to come back. Uh, Johnny Goggs, uh, I'd much rather Carlos was pragmatic and active, achieve the results we have this season than be naive and get pushed around and battered. Anyway, Ward sub was preceded by an attacking sub. Ruffles for Sinani. Uh, Sinani for Ruffles. Uh, commentary Terry says, I thought it was such a bold decision to drop Toffolo, but I'm glad Carlos is trying to make take more risks and rotate more often than he used to. 
Uh, and final final ones are Tom says would have taken Russell off around the 60 minute mark he was starting to tire and had a couple of breaks when he couldn't get back I saw that similar as well I I had to take my little boy to football on Saturday morning so I missed the first 10 minutes I had to watch it on TV and I thought Russell's Russell Russell's Russell tired sort of towards it he was still good but I did think at that point I was thinking maybe throw Iting on for Russell and you still have the same line breaking pass but a player who's who's maybe not quite as tired but you know he was still excellent uh, and finally, Oliver Bell says, other results went our way later on. Is Bryce Samber out for three games? No idea, mate. Uh, right, so Andy's, it was Andy's man club day as well, Andy, wasn't it? You, did, did you manage to, you know, we've, we've got here on our, on our live thing, we've got our own logo in the, at the bottom, Magic Rock, our sponsor, and then we've got Andy's man club next to it. And we don't always talk about Andy's man club, do we? Uh, it's one of those things whereby through Neil, we've always sort of championed Andy's man club and always wanted to, you know, be involved and push it where possible. Uh, there are other things, you know, a lot, there are other things out there. There's, you know, um, you know, my work, you know, do things with men's mental health as well through calm and other things. So, but Andy's man club are really sort of building up a great head of steam and they're re- you know, they're really putting so much effort in, aren't they, to help, you know, every, you know, blokes essentially just needing somewhere to sit and talk because a lot of men don't talk about, about things, you know, I, I'm bad for bottling things up, you know what I mean? And, you know, sort of my, my dad passed away uh, November last year, which, you know, hit me really hard. And I never really spoke to anyone. I don't think anybody on the podcast knows this. You know, I never spoke to really anybody outside my family about it. And it's just one of those things that men do, you know, whereby, um, you know, you, you, something hits you hard. And I think men in particular, like myself, digest things a lot, a lot more slowly than, you know, a lot, some people. So things, from, you know, things slow burn. And I think all of a sudden it's like a, it's like you've got something on level three on a pot, isn't it? You know, it simmers away, doesn't it? And it's slowly simmering more and more. And then all of a sudden it's over the top. Uh, and then that's where it thinks. And Andy's man club, you know, even if you don't think you need to go, you know, and you just maybe need to talk to someone, you can sit there and listen. You can, you know, you don't have to sort of stand up in front of everybody and tell your life story. You know, you can, you know, you can go to your local club, you can sit and listen, you don't have to talk. But the really good outlets for people, um, you know, who, who, who need something to talk to. So, you know, it was the, club day wasn't it Andy I think you managed did you manage to get down to the uh, little stall that they have there by any chance yeah I did yeah yeah spoke, spoke to Neil um, said hello to the lads actually Paul's turned up at the same time so it was a bit of a bit of a text that chance pod sort of gathering um, it's a fabulous organisation I've been um, not very often but I've found that the just the, the being the being listened to is is a great thing even if you don't have a lot on your plate but it's also given me the perspective of of seeing how other people are, uh, are handling their their situations and gives you a little bit of bit of faith you're 100 right um men are a little bit like there's, there's a, i don't know whether this is apocryphal analogy whether it's true or not but if you if you put a frog into a boiling pan of water it'll jump out again if you put a frog into a pan of water and then slowly heat it up it'll stay in there get comfortable and then it'll it'll um, obviously get seriously injured, burns. And we're, men are a little bit like that with their, their mental health. We just think, oh, I'll just endure it. I'll just endure it. I'll just endure it. And the, the key thing for me is we've got to talk to people, whoever that might be, in, in those situations, because the support that's out there, particularly Andy's Man Club and other great organisations like it, are just absolutely fantastic. Um, and... Yeah, I couldn't speak highly enough of Neil and the, the rest of the guys at the, the organisation. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to to share stuff on my social media that will support them because they, they talk about getting it out for the one man. And you, one one share, one like, one pass on to somebody else, you could help 
save that one man. Um, yeah, fantastic to see Neil again and, 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 and all power to them down there. It's a magnificent organisation. Yeah, all the best to everyone involved. So, uh, yeah, so if anybody, you know, don't suffer in silence, you know, if you need to, if you feel like you need to get something off your chest and, and don't always feel that, you know, there are going to be people there with terrible harrowing stories and that your problem is insignificant either. Um, you know, everybody's different. You know, go if you need it, go along uh, every Monday, aren't they? Every Monday evening, have a look at Andy's Man Club online and, you know, you can even shoot Neil a message. He's always very happy to, you know, talk to people and, and let, spread the gospel. So that's Andy's Man Club. Keep doing the great work, guys, and uh, we'll keep supporting you as well. So that's fantastic. So uh, let's move on to the Preston game. So the Preston nil Huddersfield Town nil. It's a bit dull, really, wasn't it? This game, this this for for town, there's not really a lot to say, is there? Um, let us know online what you think of the Preston game. For me, it was just really a, a nil nil, an attritional nil nil scrap. Uh, Huddersfield don't do anything at Preston. You know, we haven't even drawn at Preston since 2001. It's just one of those things. And someone sort of said to me online after I, I made a, a point, and they sort of said, "Well, what does it matter if you if you haven't done anything at?" you know, for 20 years, et cetera. It's all about the players on the day. And, and it's like, well, yeah, it is. But I think psychologically, these runs sometimes do play a bit of a part, especially when everybody wraps around the players and goes, hey, up, lads, you know, you better do all right today. We haven't won there for 50 years, you know. I think it does sort of mentally play a little bit of a part. But town are just a different beast out there this year. You know, that's, you know, a lot of people have said it, but that's a, a team that would have rolled over, not rolled over, but would have been rolled over last season uh, or this, maybe the season before we'd have lost... This this is a real team of scrappers and fighters. You know, Oliver Turton played. I thought Oliver Turton played quite well against Preston and was unlucky to to find himself out of the team on Saturday. You know, he wrapped around uh, Matty Pearson like we were talking tactically early, and so and you know, and others dropped in. I thought the defense played well. Lee Nichols um, came out with credit for two saves. The, these are the saves we're on about earlier that are from Preston, both straight at him. But you know, it's the positioning again, whereby you know he knows where to stand. You know, um, but. There was the, the only real thing to talk about is really the two Preston penalty shouts, aren't they? And both against Tom Tom Lees. Uh, I was speaking to Dave Hartrick, and he and he described Tom Lees as a a lucky rabbit's foot of a player this year. And I, I thought that was quite a good analogy because you know there's, there's the blatant penalty against Stoke. You know, against Stoke we were very lucky. You know, Josh Caroma should have been sent off, and it was a hundred percent a penalty. You know, against Tom Lees. You know, no 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 question for me. These were questionable though. The two penalties. I don't think they were as cut and dried as you know. A, you know, some Preston fans were po- posting the video of the Emil Reese Jacobson. It's Emil Reese Jacobson, isn't it? The, the striker. They were posting that one and the other one, and they were they as Preston fans were fifty fifty as to whether they were penalties. So that's without Huddersfield intervention. So I'm going to say that the first one for Tom Lee's is his arm is in an unnatural unnatural position. It's a penalty, but. You roll it back 15 seconds and there's a blatant foul on Sinani on halfway that's not given. So I'm less sympathetic because the referee should have given the first, you know, the first foul. But take that out of the equation. It is a penalty, isn't it? It's an unna- I know it's behind him, but it's it's classed as an unnatural position. It's a penalty. Probably got away slightly with it, Andy, didn't we? But the second one, we'll roll the second one in because there's not really a lot to talk about. The, the second one, Reese Jacobson, I think the slip takes him down more than any sort of slight contact. And one thing that kind of annoys me in football, it's got to this really silly stage now where everything's slowed down to, you know, the, the nth degree. And you get this stage where they're the looking for the slightest contact. If I brush past you in the street, Andy, and, and just, you know, brush you, you, you barely feel it. Yet a footballer on, 
on a on a field in the Premier League and the Championship gets the same brush and they're rolling around on the ground. I know it's part of the game and part, it, it, but I still don't like it. And for me, it was the slip really that took Jakobsen down. I'm sure it's Jakobsen. I'm going to have to look that up. It's it's one of those where I'm kind of second guessing myself. But you know, he 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 went down from the slip more than the touch. For me, it's not a penalty, and the referee got that right. And Preston fans, like I say, were fifty fifty. Um, give us your your views while I Google Emil Reese and find out and just see if I'm right if that is Jakobsen. <laughs> Andy, well, well, I, I can't really give any go. I can't give any views because <clears throat> I couldn't start watching it at home because my Sky boxes were weren't linking up, so I couldn't watch it. It is Jakobsen. So I got it fixed. I, well, that, I, once I got it fixed, I've got a superstition that says if Town are doing okay. I cannot change the way that I'm interacting with the game. And I was interacting with it by keeping it up on Twitter. So that point is entirely down to me not not turning the telly on to watch the last 30 minutes when my skybox has got, got fixed. 100%. Mate, 100%. the sacrifices you make for this football club are phenomenal, yeah. honestly, yeah. Andy. Yeah. All of I'm that. just amazing. Johnny, taking Andy's sacrifice out of this, um, <laughs> tell us about your view as well uh, Andy sorry if I've cut you off there before you're making a point but you that's alright can I can't tell you anything because I didn't watch it so. <laughs> that's alright well, cutting edge analysis as always and Andy takes that game. chance <laughs> <laughs> but go on Johnny you take. It's, a, it's a local game for me so uh, so I was there um, and I've got a similar superstition I, was, I, might, I might have left to get an early night because it wasn't it was a game for the purists like you say I think I think town defended really well and, and probably warranted the point I agree with you. I think the first penalty was a penalty by the letter of the law. The second one, I think, I think it depends what 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 angle you look at. Like say, when you really analyse it, there's a there's a picture that you see where I think Lee's foot is is on top of the Preston players. Some some saying it's a stamp. It's not a stamp. It, it's really hard. I think the slip is what um, convinces the referee that it's not a penalty. The Preston fans certainly didn't agree. My gut instinct from the other side of the ground was it was a pen and it felt very fortunate the ref didn't blow his whistle. Um, like you said, they, I, I agree, maybe they don't even out over, over the course of the season and certainly over the course of Town's previous seasons, but certainly I think that was a potentially bit of calm in that game that we we, we, we spent in the uh, Sheffield United game. But yeah, I, I can see why, if I flip it around, I can see from a Preston side if it was a Town player who had the other way around I probably would have been a bit bit annoyed really I probably can see why Preston fans were, were aggrieved either side but just going back to your point around um, the chances that Preston had again I thought Nichols was outstanding the first the chance in the first half where Johnson crosses it and Nichols I think Chad Evans has a chance and it's right at him it's right at him because he, he moves across into that position he reads that before anyone else in that field Probably other than other than Chad Evans and Johnson know where that ball's going, and he makes an exceptional save. And he, he does similar towards the end of the, the second half, and it, it, again, it, it just it just further in, in, in bed how much an important player is because we've arguably got two points there. We probably should have got more, but we've got two points that are really directly down to to not directly always wholly down to one player, but significant impact from from one player, which is Lee Nichols. Um, I thought he was when he was called upon, he was excellent in the Preston game. Um, I thought Turton was really good as well. I thought Turton links link play. He's he's getting quicker, um, one twos and, and taking the ball around and actually having a bit of an outlet. Um, I think I think there's more the offensive players that that lacked a bit of conviction. A few passes went astray. There was there was some really strange decision making from from offensive. Holmes and Sinani had a bit of a shocker, didn't they? Really, were, were called for the Sheffield United game, yeah, and just 
it didn't quite click. And I think that's one of those classic situations where I think in the dressing room, the back four, five, the keeper are probably thinking, well, we did our job and more. And the problem was more further up the pitch, I think, where it just didn't quite, didn't quite work, um, which is a shame because I think we did enough to, to give ourselves the option to get something out of that game. Sai? There's not much to be said that hasn't been said already, really. It's um, it's not one that's going to leave long in their memory, that's for sure. It's, it's one of those <laughs> where you get... It's one of those, Sai, si, isn't it? It's one of those where you think no one's going to remember it at the end of the season, but if we get in the top six, it's a really important one, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and it's definitely a, a very much a point gained. Kind of Preston, is it 1969 where we last won there? We kind of history suggests we always struggle at that ground. Um, you can't even thought more so of it being a midweek fixture and such. And uh, we certainly didn't deserve anything more than a point from the game, but but a good point nevertheless. I think kind of the guys summed up well. We were very good defensively, but offered very, very little kind of going forward. Um, struggled to really kind of dictate the game and dictate any tempo in the game. But um, I don't want to watch it every week, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Ben Whiteman, by the way, Ben Whiteman's a really good player. It was linked with us, wasn't it? Ben Whiteman when he was at Doncaster. And I thought oh. he had a really good game for Preston. And, you know, he's uh, Preston haven't got a bad side there. They, they remind me a little bit of ourselves in some ways. It's probably just not clicked as much for them. But I thought Preston... They really struggled at the start of the season, didn't they? I think yeah. Frankie McAvoy was a manager. Yeah, they've got a really good manager now, haven't they? In, yeah. Interesting fun fact is, yeah. Interesting fun fact is Ryan Lowe was was in the frame for our job when Lee Clark left. So there you go. But that was a long time ago. But he's you know he's he's continuing to improve his uh, his Ryan Lowe and you know he's doing a good job at Preston. Um, but he's definitely one to uh, one to keep an eye on. And so are Preston, I think. So um, I, I generally don't really have much to say on the Preston game other than, than that it was a tough watch. But sometimes, you know, I'm not that bothered that if if. I'm, I'm very much ends justify the means and pause is the same as well. The ends justify the means. I don't mind that it's crap to watch if we get something. Whereas the, the, those are the real games whereby if it's really bad to watch and you're losing the last minute, you're absolutely seething for weeks on end, aren't you? That you've wasted 90 minutes watching that. But the fact that we didn't lose and we went somewhere where we genuinely, generally find it quite tough and got something, I came away quite pleased. I'm not sure. So... Uh, there's a couple of points that I've got after this and just to wrap up, really wrap up the podcast in many ways is that there are three points that we, that I want you to sort of think about and people online as well, you know, get involved with this as well. Uh, at, the first question really is our town struggling a bit in the final third again. Uh, you know, we, we've seen Sauber, Sauber play quite well, but Danny Ward's maybe dried up last couple of weeks in terms of goals. You know, he had a bit of a purple patch. He's still playing well, but, you know, not really finding, getting chances. Are we struggling a bit, final third? Again, maybe something needs to change. And is that a case of, do we need Tino Andrin in as soon as possible for him, and, and especially for him to hit the ground running? Because he's, he's going to be a really interesting option. But as far as I know, Chelsea haven't released him yet to even train with us. So that is is obviously not going to happen you know, in the next week, uh, Levi Colwell, I think he's going to train with us next week, according to Carlos in, I think he's pre-match. Um, and after seven draws in 12 unbeaten league games, I think we probably need to put a run of wins together now to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking top six, you know, you can kind of say if we want to finish mid table, everything's fine. But if we want to hit the top six, we've got Fulham, Cardiff, Birmingham and, and Peterborough on the horizon. And I think we probably need to look at winning two or three of these 
you know, to sort of cement that. Because this is a little room. Fulham, obviously, is going to be very difficult. And if we get pasted at Fulham, Andy, everyone's just going to go, yeah, always happens, never mind, next game. But Cardiff, Birmingham, who are slightly picking up now. Janino Bakuna is doing well there. Uh, and Peterborough, these are really now, we've talked about acid tests. This is now sort of getting to an area whereby we really need to perhaps, you know, like you say, be a bit more attacking, Andy, and make sure we get, you know, three points over the line, uh, definitely in the Cardiff and Peterborough games, I would think. So, yeah, so our town yeah. struggling in the final third. Is Tino Andrew the answer to that when he comes back? And um, these this run, is this the acid test or are we okay as we are? There we go. Yes, don't know. Let's not die wondering for me. We, we, we need to string some wins together. Staying un, unbeaten is no good. Win one, lose one till the end of the season will get us in the, the playoffs pretty much. Andrew, in, I don't know enough about him. I'm not a football badger particularly, so hopefully he'll give us an extra spark because Danny Ward's running his blood to water up front, but we need something else up there with him uh, to help him to either come on and take his place or, or supply him in a different way. Um, and... Yeah, well, well, let's. I said already. Like, we, let's just go for it and see what happens. Uh, we've got nothing to lose now. Um, just, I just want us to hammer somebody once. I mean, we beat Reading early doors four 0 I want another one of them. Um, I think we'll just need to to release the shackles a little bit. Now, I can't see that coming in the next few games. Maybe. Fingers crossed, Peterborough at home. That Peterborough would be nice. might say that would be yeah. that would be nice. But um, that I don't know, don't know. Johnny, say I don't want to dive in. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we, the the games are there. I think the the, the Fulham game. It's, it's not a free hit like the Bournemouth game last season, because that didn't go very well, and the subsequent games after that didn't go very well. But um, I think Cardiff, Birmingham. Peterborough, if we're serious, those are games that you've got to go for. And I think if we are 0-0-1-1 with 20 minutes to go, then like Andy says, it's got to be a mindset that we're going for three points. If we lose, fair enough. But I think if we really go for it, we've got enough to beat these teams. Um, I think, yeah, it's like coming from Chelsea. Like I said, the YouTube video has probably had an extra two or 3,000 hits since he's been linked with us. Um, he's got quite a bit of pressure on his shoulders before he's even put on a town shirt, but for, for all accounts, he's got something special. Something I've something I thought, and it's a bit left field, and again, there's probably a whole whole line of tacticians who might kind of shoot, shoot me down here, but I really think Rhodes and Ward together can could really do something. I know it's a whole tactical shift there, but it, it kind of reminds me of Rhodes and Novak. You've got someone who will just run and run and run. He's got quality, but will work hard. And Rhodes, even now, can finish. I mean, he, he will, and if you're given game time and put in front of goal enough times, he's always going to be a better finish than Danny Ward. And that's not a slight on Danny Ward for different players, but maybe looking to try and engineer that at least for a final half hour together. I think they could really actually work well. Um, like I say, Corbrand's where he is because of a reason. I'm sat here for a reason, but I, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's enough in that squad. To, to maybe a bit more be a bit more attacking and like I say golf games and if we we've got fifty points we're not going down and I, I think let's like say I'd rather die trying than than start not knowing what might have been so I completely agree with Andy on that one. Uh, I I think for me I agree with what the guys have said we, we've we've surpassed all expectations and I think um, Sora Statley today said we're on fifty points now which is one more than we got entirety of last season so actually anything from here on in is a bit of a bonus um, I certainly kind of thought we'd struggle 
uh, if I go back to kind of July, August time. Um, I'm probably a little bit less in the camp of shit or bust. I still think there's a lot of football to be played, actually. I think kind of we've still got, what's it, 16 games left remaining this season. Um, the league is a funny old league. Barnsley beat QPR, didn't they, kind of the, the weekend, which was kind of a crazy result that none of us saw us coming. And actually, Good one, if we draw kind of draw two or three or four of the next four games, two or three of the next four games, sorry, then actually I still think we're there thereabouts. I don't think we need to necessarily go gung-ho and risk losing, kind of um, trying to chase a winner. Um, I still think there's quite a bit of football to be played and um, a few more twists and turns. So, yeah, hold the nerves. That's what I'd say. Get your men off the boundary edge. Get them in the slits. <laughs> Come on, position. let's go for a walk. Levi Coleman at the back, Russell in midfield and everybody else up front. Let's just go. Oh, let's go. I, I, I agree with Sai in some ways. I think... Um, I would. I'm in. I'm interested to see how Ward and Rhodes would do up front together. Um, you know, when we've gone four four two, Rhodes has looked really lively, hasn't he, against uh, Blackpool and Derby? But both of them were down to ten men at the time, so I could see why uh, we could afford that. Um, it, it's interesting. Four four two for me is a system which was invented for the long ball. You know, for the knockdowns and you know the percentages. You know, of pushing high. You know, um, getting high. Three five two is is another possibility. Definitely. Um, you know, that's probably the one that you'd look to. We usually go with the three, four, three out, you know, Carlos likes that five, four, one out of possession. So I'm not sure, you know, Danny Ward would then have to, you know, it's almost like, I don't know if you guys can remember when we used to have Chris Powell as manager and he would play Grant Holt and Naki Wells up front, but Grant Holt used to have to sprint 50 yards to the left wing. When we look. Remember it, Matthew, <laughs> well, Grant Holt used to have to sprint 50 yards to the left wing to get into shape, you know, out of possession. It was so farcical, you know, Naki Wells, the, the quicker man was left up front on his own. It was bizarre, but you know, I'm just wondering how Carlos isn't going to deviate from that defensive shape. So I'm just wondering how, you know, Danny Ward might drop, you know, like Jonathan Hogg's dropped, you know, in that five, four, one, you could potentially drop Danny Ward back. Um, I, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm with say, I think, see how we're going for me the weakness at the minute for us the reason why i mentioned tino andrean is is that wide left role you know Dwayne holmes has put in some good performances but he's not really a left winger i thought Dwayne looked a lot more at home against barnsley as a number eight you know that's that's Dwayne's strength you know in the middle pushing with the ball you know he's got a lot more options um so for me tino andrean is huge you know if he hits the ground running and he's as good as what they say at chelsea and you know the chelsea fans then this is a real chance you know you, you know tino danny ward and you know sober as your front three is it, it, it brings a different dynamic and that excites me you know he could just be that little little spark you know that little magic dust that we need just to get you know a nil nil at preston a one nil you know where he cuts inside and you know and does something so i'm pinning way too much on a 21 year old kid from chelsea who's barely played in english football you know but for me that's where i'm clinging to and hoping that he's in as soon as possible and another interesting thing andy you mentioned levi colwell and, you know, what happens, you know, in terms of town's formation, you know, Carlos has kind of slowly gone back to a four. Levi Colwell comes back in. How does he replace Lees or Pearson at the minute? That's another interesting one because against Preston, I thought we really missed Levi. You know, his passing out from the back to get us, you know, into the next uh, next uh, third was, was really missed. Whereby, but on Saturday, you think, you look at that and you think, mm, where does Levi, Levi Colwell fit into this? That's really you know, really difficult, but it's, you know, like Johnny says, this is why we're sat here and Carlos has, you know, got these problems. So there's a lot of interesting things on uh, coming up for me in terms of that. Um, but yeah, so let's see what guys have been saying online about the Preston goal and then, and then we'll uh, Preston game and then we'll wrap a few things up. Uh, Bez says first is a penalty. Second isn't, uh, which I think 
agrees with with us guys. Uh, Dean Smith says, uh, a missed opportunity. Preston weren't very good and were there for the taking, but we had too many players off form on the night. Holmes and Sinani were shocking, meaning that Ward was very isolated up top. Uh, Richard Huckey says, PE, just a good point away from home. I think that pretty much sums it up and why we struggled so much to talk about it. Um, Leo says, Karoma and Sinani's form could cost us at the end of the season. They both need to up their game. I think maybe that's why I'm you know, so big on Tino Andering coming in and, and hoping, you know, it's for me, it's that sort of slot on the left, which is the area where you're looking at. Adam Cottrell says, thought we were poor overall against Preston and we're lucky to come away with a point. Thought we were very good against Sheffield United and we're very unlucky not to win. The ref had a stinker in both. Uh, and then says, Andering will hopefully be the missing link in the final third. Uh, Leo says, Tino and Colwell both still at Chelsea, which is not what we want to hear. Uh, Adam Cottrell says we need Ward to score more constantly as well. He generally goes four or five games without scoring, which is true, but I can't really think of a chance Danny Ward's had where you think, you know, Danny Ward should be hitting the back of the net. It's um, I think it goes hand in hand with the creativity for him as well. Uh, and the final comments are Richard Hookie says we will batter Fulham 3-2. So there you go, Andy. There's uh, there's one for you. Andy's going to the game, so hopefully Andy brings us luck. He doesn't usually do Andy away games. So. No. No, I've, I've never. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Town win away. So that's just what we want to hear. Just what we want to hear. <laughs> and then, and then Max says, "Finally, he'd like to see." Uh... I'm, sure I'm sure there's a matinee you can catch on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Musical. Yeah. Max says, "Would like to see this four-three-three: uh, Nichols, Ruffles, Levi, Lee's, Pippa, Hog, Lewis O'Brien, Iting, Angerine Ward, Thomas." Then I reckon the playoffs are, could be interesting. Yeah, it definitely could be. So, you know, I think the good thing is, I think, you know, Cosy said this um, before January. He said, you know, a couple of times that when he looks at our bench, he just goes, well, what's Carlos going to do here? He's got absolutely nothing there to change a game with. But now, you know, we've potentially got, yeah, now we've got players on the bench, you know, whereby he's got opportunities. You know, Daniel Sanani was quite key at one point, but all of a sudden now he's probably going to find himself on the bench a fair bit more. You know, he's an interesting player. I think he's frustrating. He has one really good game in four for me. Um, so we need to see a little bit more consistency with Sinani. But, you know, the effort's there. It's just, you know, that, that it's that sort of things don't quite click, do they, on a, on a, on a basis. And it, I understand it's a difficult role for Sinani because he has got to sort of float around and look for things rather than have a specific job. You know, I think it's almost like the old German round data, isn't it? You know, the, the well, or space investigator that as it translates to whereby he's got to go and make things happen. And it is a more difficult role whereby you can drift out of the game. So I do have some sympathy on that one, but you know, we've got options. It's going to be interesting and hopefully we're going to beat Fulham as well. But just to wrap things up, uh, Kieran Phillips, what a lad, you know, stuck it, you know, went down to Valley parade. You know, I've seen the photos. It looks about 3000 there, but Bradford have announced 15,000, you know, standard fair, not that we're, <laughs> not that uh, we're perfect on that score by any chance, but <laughs> Hey, it did. It did look a bit sparse down there at the uh, at Death Valley, but you know, Kieran Phillips, nice goal. Good to see him doing well. Uh, Brahima Diara got another assist as well for Harrogate. So, you know, Diara's become a real favourite down at Harrogate as well. Romani Critchlow has found himself on the bench the last three games at Plymouth. So I don't know if there'll be a couple of concerns that he's not really getting any games down there. But Plymouth are doing well, so you know, maybe he's going to have to bide his time. And Romani Edmonds Green possibly injured at the minute because he didn't play in the. I'm going to call it a derby. What was really interesting, uh, Andy, you live Barnsley, sort of Sheffield-ish way, don't you? So Penniston, that sort of way. Yeah. I saw that yeah. 
Sheffield, this this made me laugh really because I I refer to Sheffield Wednesday as Leeds Light. They've still got they've got this sort of superiority complex, you know that, that you know similar sort of thing. And they, uh, I saw their their Twitter account said getting ready something along the lines of paraphrasing, but getting ready for the derby against Rotherham. And a lot of them underneath were like, "That's not a derby, not a derby, not a derby, not a derby." You know, it's all things, and it's like. And I saw something say, "This isn't, this can't be a derby because Rotherham is a different place, so therefore you have to be in the same city to be a derby." And I just thought that's a lot of rubbish. That it's just just something in, something to finish on. Uh, but yeah, so is it a derby? You know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't belong to the same city, I think so. Of course it's a yeah. derby. Yeah, of course it is. Sheffield, of course it is. bunch of wallopers. Anyway, uh, Carlos as well linked with uh, linked with Leeds United. Uh, if Bielsa leaves end of the season, I genuinely don't see this happening at all, unless Leeds get relegated, but which is a long shot. I generally don't see that. You know, Leeds. You know, they've they've for, for me their their owners have, have generally got the head in the clouds a little bit. You know, they they go for they're talking about Europe. They're talking about. You know, when Bielsa came, he said, oh, by the way, Bielsa was my third choice. Ancelotti was the first, and I can't remember who was the second, but it was somewhat, It was like Allegri or something, and you just think, what on earth? So I just do not see them going, do you know what? We were looking at Allegri, Ancelotti, Marcelo Bielsa. Oh, by the way, we're going to get Carlos Corbran from the division below. I just don't see um, them thinking that way because they tend to sort of look up rather than down, don't they? So I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Or... If you're a couple of different Huddersfield Town fans, I don't think there's anything to celebrate there either. So, you know, I don't, I don't see that, guys. Don't know what you guys think, um, but that's the last point I've got on this before we wrap up for the credits. So, you know, speaketh now or forever hold your peace, and we'll wrap the episode up. Nobody's I'm speaking. Nobody's sense. speaking. I'd be inclined to agree uh, myself. <laughs> can't see it myself. No, 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 I, no, I can't see it. No, I, I think, like I said, I think the San Francisco 49ers will, will want someone a bit a bit more uh, of a name yeah. for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it, um, I, I actually think it'd, it'd be a good appointment, but we'll, we'll keep that under the radar. Yeah, I just I just don't see it fit. The pieces don't really fit, do they? So I don't think there's anything to worry about for, for Huddersfield fans. And I think if they did come knocking, I actually think Carlos potentially might knock them back. He's, he's a very different... I thought what... And one thing we've not mentioned, actually, is Carlos's post-match interview, which is on Sky as well, uh, against Sheffield United. And I thought it was really good. I know people don't always like a Carlos interview because he's got a thick, you know, Spanish accent um, and it's often difficult to understand, but he was given several opportunities to, to wade in on the referee um, and he didn't. And he just chose, you know, and he sort of said, there's nothing we can do about the referee's decision. We've just got to get on with the game. And, you know, if we don't talk about the referee's decision, we're half a podcast down. So we have to, you know, otherwise we're here for 10 minutes. Yeah. But I, I thought Carlos, I thought Carlos really handled himself with dignity uh, in that post-match interview. And, and for me, Carlos just keeps, you know, in terms of his notoriety, just keeps stepping up bit by bit and showing himself to be, you know, a class act really. Uh, and I think he, you know, last season was obviously hell in many ways, but I just think Carlos constantly is just like Johnny says, going under the radar, but bit by bit he's, he's showing himself to be a really decent, classy operator. And, you know, I hope he's here next season as well. So, you know, keep up the good work, Carlos. And, Thank you very much, guys, for coming online. Uh, thank you to everybody who's joined us. Uh, the last one was Adam Cottrell says Diara is going to be massive for us in the coming years. Big talent he is, and he's doing well at 18 years old in the in League Two as well. So that's a really exciting one. Uh, thanks, Johnny, for coming on as well uh, for your debut. As debuts went, pretty good, you know. So you know we may see you back before too long. 
so, yep, thank you, everybody, online. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you very much online. As I struggle to press the right buttons, this is why I'm digging this out for longer. But, yeah, thanks to everybody online, and uh, we'll be back next Sunday evening. <laughs>